Welcome back to Illini Weekly. I'm Joey Wagner, sports reporter at the Herald Review. We're here with Mark Tupper, executive sports editor. It's been another crazy week, good week for basketball, depending on how you want to look at it. Football is kind of in the same lull it has been for the better part of the last month and a half. But there was an interesting development early in the se- in the week last week with the football team, and that was, or I guess, later in the week that Cam Thomas, who was supposed to take over the reins as quarterback, missed last week's game, last week's loss with a concussion. Mark, what's his status going forward, and what, what's kind of the state of concussions? Because it's getting so much more steam, and it's kind of changed the perception of what a concussion really is recently. Well, that's really true. I mean, he he walked off the field with about three and a half minutes, I'm going to guess, left in the Purdue game, which was November 4th. And when he walked, he walked right by me, and I was was looking him over because I was looking to see, is he limping? No. Is he favoring some body part? No. Is he appear to be in pain? No. He was laughing and talking and and just in great spirits, it seemed. And so, you know, you're going, well, why is he he leaving early? That's unusual. And then I I knew that he had uh, been horse collar tackled, and I thought, well, maybe he wrenched his neck a little bit, and they're just, you know, he's not going to play anymore, and so they're just going to go ahead and send him in. Okay, that might make sense. And then in the post game, you know, we request certain players to interview, and he came out for the post-game interview, which they usually don't send a guy out if he's hurt. Right. And and he and so I stood there looking him right in the eye, and he was great. He was very good, you know, no, no signs of anything. Turned out he had a concussion, and he did not play last week in the Indiana game, which was disappointing because we're, we're looking forward to seeing his development the final three games is what we were thinking. You know, um, they made a decision that he was going to be the guy, not Jeff George. And so he couldn't play, so it was all Jeff George against Indiana. And now it appears that um, he is still in concussion protocol. Um, It doesn't look like he's going to play at Ohio State this Saturday. And I wouldn't be surprised now if they withheld him for the rest of the season, although I don't know that. He may pass protocol and there may be no reason to, and and he may start the game, uh, the final game of the season at home against Northwestern. But... Um, Rayvon Bonner, freshman running back, uh, had become their lead running back after Mike Epstein hurt his foot. He got a concussion on October 21st at Minnesota. We have not seen him since. I was told at the time his concussion was, Lovey was scared because he said he saw it, he was hit right in the face, and he said it was one of those ones that just really knocked a kid for a loop. And he's not been back. I do not expect to see him for the rest of the season. Fifteen years ago, we never heard the word concussion. We always heard coaches say, he got his bell rung. That was the common expression, and it usually um, meant that a kid got staggered and uh, went to the sideline, and he was usually back on the field pretty quickly. I don't ever remember, I'm sure it happened, but I don't remember very many players missing the next week because of this. Now it's become more common, and you're not only talking about missing a game or a play, you're talking about missing a month. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, they've, so what's, the, what's this, the bottom line? They're taking it more seriously. Coaches are being eliminated from the equation. And Lovey, much to his credit, is not a guy who says, well, we got to get him back out there. He, he is like, once it's in the hands of the doctors, the doctors will let me know when it's okay. Uh, and and so it's left there. So um, Cam Thomas, I don't think he's going to play at Ohio State. Uh, Rayvon Bonner, um, I believe, is still in concussion protocol. 
And when you don't see these guys, sometimes it's because concussions are treated more seriously than they ever have been. I think that's because they're spotters. There's guys who are, are not affiliated, in, which some concussions in Lovey, as you mentioned, is not in this case, kind of could cloud the coach's judgment. You know, you, you're not out there, you're not feeling it, you don't know, you know, you don't know what it's like for the kids. So it's good to have those spotters. And I think it's good that these kids are more open than they were 15 years ago about saying, well, I some, also something's think, not right. Joey, that because Tim Beckman got in some trouble with um, appearing to interfere with medical advice. Mm -hmm. that, that's what was accused, okay? Right. That was right. the allegation. Um, that when Josh Whitman hired Lovey, I'm almost positive there was a conversation about how important student-athlete health is to the administration and to Josh, and that I do not want to hear stories about you trying to cut corners on this. Not that Lovey would, right. but but that Lovey and Lovey, by all indications to me, has has played it that way. Has said, you know, when I see a kid hurt, I'm going to make sure the medical people are involved, and then the medical people will. And you know what? If I'm the head coach, that's what I want. I don't want to be the guy who decides when a kid is medically ready no. to go. I want a medical person to tell me he can't go back out or he's he's fine to go back out. Right. And then I'll make a decision whether I'm going to play. Taking it out of the kid out of the coach's hands right. is the best thing that could have happened. Another loss, they're mounting up. Frustration is mounting with just it's frustrating to lose. Frustrating I mean, to lose. It, it sucks it's to frustrating lose. To lose yeah. Nobody enjoys it. It's no. tough to get jazzed up about a game that not doesn't sound like it's going to be fun and this week's not going to be much much better. Um, no. Football, football's in a tough spot right now, but I mean, hey, the, it's another week for these young guys to develop. We've been saying this now for for months. What are you looking for on Saturday? Uh, I canceled my room, so I'm not going. <laughs> um, the other media people I've talked to, all but one, have canceled their rooms. They're not going. They're just there's. I've been over there to Ohio State a number of times when Illinois has won, and uh, even when they've been underdogs, I've gone over a number of times when yeah, I can see you know if right. this went this way and this went this way, this one. I, I see no way. I mean, I just think they're horribly overmatched. And Ohio State appears to be playing mad right now, um, and they should be mad. They not only lost twice, but they got whipped twice, and they are far enough out now of the national football playoff that there's no route, there's no path back in right. for them. And they know it, and that's aggravating for them. So, you know, it appears that they're going to finish with a flourish here, and, um, and I, I don't know how, how long Urban Meyer leaves the – the first team troops in, <laughs> you know, when does he call off the dogs? I have no idea. And I thought Illinois would get trampled against Wisconsin, which is the best team they've played to date. And they actually played Wisconsin pretty good. Uh, they, they ended up losing 24 to 10. But, but um, so, you know, you know, maybe Illinois covers, but covers not the game, the name of the game. You hope you can get through this in good health. You hope you can get through this and make a couple of plays. Um, uh, you know, Jeff George is apparently going to quarterback the game again, so you're going to have the same issues with slower decision-making, faulty protection, can receivers get open, and does he get swallowed up and sacked six or eight or ten times? Right. This, yeah, this Ohio State, you're right, they're mad. They're so far out of it. I mean, it's, it's not, a good, not a good spot for They took them. it out on Michigan State last week, 48-3. <laughs> to three. But the positive news is just basically across from Memorial Stadium is State Park Center seems pretty fun right now. You had a nice uh, two games there over the weekend. Southern was, that was a good game by all accounts. UT Martin, I, that was a game that I think most of us were able to watch. It was on ESPNU. So the Southern game was tucked in some back channels of the Big Ten Network. 
Uh, so I'm going to start with the Southern game because you're one of the few who are, not few, but you were at State Farm. You saw it. Maybe some people didn't. What were some of the things you saw in that Southern game who jumped out at you? I know the guy who's been jumping out has been Aaron Jordan. He's been playing just great basketball. It's just like a turnaround completely. What did you see at Southern? And well, it was a perfect game to open the season for the fans. You know, they, they got two hours of reasons to stand up and cheer and go crazy. And um, Illinois looked good. Um, Southern wasn't real good, so you know right. it was. It came easy, and they won by almost 50. And uh, everybody got in the act, and and um, it was just a, a good old basketball party. Um, the Tennessee Martin game, um, playing mostly against zone, um, and they haven't practiced against zone very much. I thought they did a pretty good job in the first half, uh, even with. A little less than four minutes to go, they're up by 14 points, and I think they kind of mentally went into their prevent defense and and um, and didn't finish the game well at all. Made some turnovers, uh, missed a couple shots in close, missed a free throw, gave up a couple threes. You're kind of reminded that in basketball with a three-point shot, 14 points isn't that big. You know, it can disappear in a hurry, and um, it did. It got all the way down to three points. Tennessee Martin had a shot to tie it, and then a, a desperation heave that wasn't much of a threat, but you got a scare. Um, you got a lot of teachable moments in that game, and um, but um, you know I, it's just it's good to have basketball, and we're gonna we're going to get to watch and see this team grow over the next month or two. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll make plenty of mistakes and probably lose a game or two along the way, but um, it's just fun and for me because I always like the story, and the story is the growth of this team as they learn how to play Brad Underwood basketball. And um, it's it's really fun to watch. Aaron Jordan was uh, truly a bright light in the first two games because he's a guy that I think many of us had, we've just become accustomed to him not contributing. And uh, oftentimes not of his own fault because when he would get in, he, maybe he wouldn't do anything, but then he just wouldn't get in. John Gross lost confidence in him. And to be truthful, Aaron didn't do a lot to win confidence. He lost and, confidence in himself. And he lost confidence in himself, I'm sure. And uh, now you're seeing a more confident player who um, is, is, he scored 23 points last season. He scored 27 in two games this season. He looks confident. He's a physically mature 6'5 wing player um, who you didn't really count on. I don't think anybody saw this coming. And, um, and, and I still need to see more. I'm still a little skeptical because of what I've seen over the two years. But if he can play this way, and Brad's really playing it well with him. He's he's like, you know, he, he's, do, he's pushing all the right buttons for this kid's yeah. confidence. And if he can keep doing that, that would be a real bonus. Well, he said in media day, Jordan's got a, a pretty much a green light for, for some transition threes. He did say that. And nothing brings your confidence up knowing that your coach will trust you to, to jack up a quick shot in the shot clock. That's how you get going a little bit. And he's doing that. And we asked Brad about him. And he said, look, this kid was recruited here for a reason. You know, this was a ground-up confidence rebuild, and I don't think we're at the top yet either. I think he's playing well, and he's getting a little more acclimated to it, and, and it's showing on the basketball court. Uh, Brad was pretty pretty emotional getting out there for that first game on Friday night. He was. What did you, Could you kind of feel that? Did you feel him See coming it, feel from it. that? Yeah. That's, that's great to hear. He came out. He said he was going to be really nervous. He said he's way more nervous as a coach than he was as a player. Um, he came out, you could see the look in his eye. He was just excited to be in the building. Um, I've really accepted this notion that this is his dream job. Um, and, and, and that took me a little while to really uh, grasp that. 
but based on things he said, his wife has said, his son has said, um, and the fact that when the one of the administrators at Stephen F. Austin asked him, what is your dream job? I want you to write it on a piece of paper. And he wrote the name Illinois down, and they, it was a woman. She folded it up, and when he took the Illinois job, she mailed it back That's to awesome. him. That's and, um, and so w when he got out there, he made eye contact with the crush immediately and, <laughs> and, you know, and pointed at him, and they pointed back at him. And, you know, and, and it was sort of a moment where um, he was saying, I need you, and they were saying, we're here. And it was pretty cool, you know. And so he's been fun to watch on the sidelines. Um, I'm just, you know, sometimes change is good for everybody, including the media, you know. And I, and I believe me, I'm telling you right now, I thought a lot of John Gross, a wonderful guy. And, um, but it just wasn't working. And, and, and so, I, you know, you get to the point where I don't want to see the same thing again. I want to see something different. Fans were to that point. Players were to that point. Aaron Jordan was to that point. When, I'll tell you what, when all is said and done, um, if Aaron Jordan pans out and really contributes, you'll have to go back and consider Brad's recruitment of Aaron Jordan as a big moment because everyone thought he was going to transfer. And um, something had to have happened to convince him to stay. I know early on his dad came down and watched some of these early workouts and liked what he saw. And I think parents and, and athlete both had to be convinced that you're going to give me a fair chance. You know, I, what I want is opportunity. You know, I'll work hard. I'll, I'll, I'll earn it. If you'll give me the opportunity, I'll earn what comes next. And there was some agreement there. And... He must have felt good enough about it. I think he liked likes being at Illinois. You know, sometimes kids want, they transfer because, they, they usually they transfer because they want more playing time. But um, I think he really liked it there at school and just was like, you know, I think I'm going to get a chance to do this, and I, now it's up to me. And that's a, a little more mature viewpoint than some kids have. Real quick, I, I asked you, because I watched the UT Martin game, I saw people saying that, Last year's Illinois team wouldn't have closed it out. I don't believe that. I, I think last year's Illinois team, as flawed as they were, they had the talent. It did to remind you a little game. bit of the Winthrop game when they lost. Right, right. But I think it's it's easy to look and say, oh, they wouldn't have done it. Brad, you know, Brad's got this figured out. It's easy to say that they probably would have found a way to close that out. But I asked you, I said, Mark, I don't think they can shoot, and you dispelled it quickly. They didn't shoot well on Sunday. But they have shot well. They can shoot well. What is the early woes? What's the reason behind it? just getting into the system, getting your spots? Is that? I don't. I don't think it's anything other than shots didn't go in. Yeah. You know, they made 11 of 16 against Vanderbilt. I think in the other game, um, one guy made six. So, um, and they make them in practice, and sometimes it kind of goes that way. You know, I mean. If after too. if after eleven games, yeah. you know they're shooting twenty percent from three, then we might revisit it, uh, or we'll probably wouldn't take eleven, <laughs> but um, but a little bigger sample size. You know, I look for them to knock some down, and and even the other day in a Tennessee Martin game, I think they were zero for seven to start, and then all of a sudden they made like four out of yeah. six, and you know they hit some there, and and yeah, you know, so I I mean I think it looks to me like the quality of the shots are good. Um, I'm not seeing them forced, I'm, and I, I think they're in rhythm, and, and the three-point shot's going to be a big part of what Brad does because he likes dunks, layups, and open shots. And um, those open threes are going to be part of what they get running this offense. So I'm not, I'm not certainly not worried about no. that yet, and we'll see whether or not to, 
we need to be down the way. And these are a lot of freshmen too. Those bright lights, are, they can be a little intimidating. The, the bigger arenas, they, they can be intimidating. You know, like you said, if it gets a little further down, it might be a cause for concern, but we'll get there. Uh, we're going to hop over to Mark's interview with Garrick McGee from Monday. Uh, just you know, kind of recapping a little bit of the week and looking a little bit ahead to Ohio State. I mean, it's it's a tough. He had some interesting things to say about Cam Thomas. Yeah. Um, and and um, this was before, you know, uh, I don't I don't even know if we got into the business about would Cam play this week because it's so early in the week and it's usually midweek when they make a determination whether a guy's passed concussion right. protocol or not. So, but it's interesting to hear him talk about some of the things, and you'll hear some funny stuff in there about uh, Lovey had been asked about Cam Thomas, and <laughs> Lovey gave an answer, and so sometimes guys try to trick and see if they can get a different answer out of the coordinator, and you will hear at one time a late-arriving TV guy got there and said, uh, well, what about Cam Thomas? And, and uh, Garrick had already gone through this, you know, don't you know, if, if Lovey's already asked, asked, been asked and answered, you know, don't don't come to me with the same question because, <laughs> you know, that's not fair. And so uh, he he looked to me to explain it to the TV guy, which I I did. It was just funny. That's at the beginning of the interview. So if you don't hear the TV guy initially, that's that's what the ensuing response from him is. Yep. So we're gonna hop over to that triple header: DePaul Friday night, basketball, football, Ohio State Saturday. Marshall Sunday. Yep, it's going to be a fun weekend. I, I oh, think yeah, we're going to learn two more games. Those are two big games. We're going to learn a lot more about Brad Underwood's style. We're going to we're going to learn something every game out. There's no question about it. We're going to learn something every game out, even if the opponent isn't isn't so good, which will, will come up Wednesday when they play Augustana. It's an opportunity to get your confidence up, an opportunity to try different things, an opportunity to to see what you've learned. Each time they go from the laboratory, which is practice, to the to the the real deal test, which is games. We're going to see how much they can transfer there. Where do they make strides? How quickly do they come? How, do they retain it? Or, or was it a one-game kind of a thing, and now they've kind of forgotten it again? All that stuff is going to be interesting to me. Everything's it's a puzzle. Yep. Putting it together. So thank you for everything. Mark is on YouTube every week with Writing Shotgun. He's, I think he's everywhere. He's got stories every day. So anything you need from Mark, look for him. We'll see you guys next week. All right. So rule number one, don't ask me questions you've already asked coach, man. That's not fair. <laughs> All right, you got my rule. Right? <laughs> I got, got, got it. got the rule. <laughs> it's just trying to think of a way to ask it another don't way. Don't ask me questions that you've already asked coach. That's not good. What did you think of Jeff's performance? I thought he did pretty good for a long time in the game. Um, his last six plays of the game, he turned it over three times. But he did a good job in the run game, um, getting us in good plays. But, you know, turn it over at the end like that cost us. The sacks, what, uh, is there something different going on this week that led to more sacks, um, that they, the way that defense was playing? No, we just, um, you know, our technique and fundamentals wasn't um, where they needed to be. Um, and sacks are 11-man operations. Sacks are not just an offensive line, you know, giving up sacks. It's quarterbacks got to get the ball out on time. The receivers have to hit the landmarks at the right time. Um, and then the offensive line, of course, got to give them enough time to get the ball out. What were your thoughts on uh, Ricky Small and just his throw basically throughout the entire season? Ricky Small was a big-time player. Um, you know, we knew it, um, and he is as advertised. Um, he's only going to get better because Ricky never had an offseason this year. You know, he didn't – he got here late, and he would like to tell you that he did some training up there while he was – you know, preparing to get down here, but he didn't do anything. 
Um, so it's going to be fun to watch Ricky after he's had a full off season of training, of learning, and it's going to be, you know, I think our fans are going to be really happy to see Ricky, you know, for the next three years play. Same question on Dorsey. Uh, it's the same. Lewis um, played a lot of basketball, uh, you know, in the spring. Um, so he didn't get a lot of off-season training at all. But um, obviously Lewis is a talented kid. He's really um, a passionate kid. And um, what I liked the best about the game the other day is when the game was on the line, he, his energy level was up and his passion and his, you know, commitment to try to challenge everybody else, you know, it came out. And that's really the first time I saw Lewis like that. Um, so I just think the future's bright for Lewis. That was his best game. What's he allow you to do in the future with that offense? Um, he's a matchup problem. And, you know, you always, I've, I've talked about a lot, wanting to use the tight end as a matchup problem. And Lewis is one of those guys. He, there was a third down conversion where he had a guy one-on-one and just beat the guy one-on-one, and, you know. And then obviously made a long touchdown, which he made a good catch and broke a tackle. He just—he gives you—he's a long um, body that can get through the seams. Um, he can make moves, you know, to create separation. Um, and then what's starting to show up is he's really passionate, and that's something we need. What's this year been like for you? Given the injuries, the youth—it's just a play caller. Uh, it's tough. Um, it's just you know because you can't really get in a rhythm, and then when you're calling, if you're really worried about somebody making a mistake. So you're a little more conservative than you really want to be. But I think it's a part of the process. It's, um, it's just the way it works. With these injuries uh, comes some opportunity for other people. Ternard uh, would seem to be somebody that's trying to take advantage of his opportunity. He is. You know, we like Ternard. He's done a lot for us. Um, he spent some time with the quarterbacks, of course, last year and in spring ball. Mm-hmm. And it got, you know, a chance for me to get to know Ternard really well because he was in my meeting room and, you know, know what he's really like and how he thinks. And, you know, he's a winner. He was a um, went to a really good high school program, um, good parents. His parents are around a lot. Um, you know, he's a quarterback in high school, so he can see the game a little different. Um, but uh, he's one of our competitive guys. Just good to see him make some plays out there. Mm-hmm. From an execution standpoint, what have you not seen from your offense during the struggles this season to score? Uh, just 11 minutes. Offense is, you know, I know that defense is hard, um, but you know if you blow the coverage on defense and defensive end sacks the quarterback, no one really realizes that you blew the coverage. But on offense, if one guy doesn't do his job right, you're not going to move the ball. And so we're having a hard time putting five or six plays together without somebody, you know, missing an assignment or missing a block or missing a catch or missing a read at quarterback. Just, you know, the 11-man the operation and being consistent is how you have a good offense, and we've, we've struggled with that. Enter the season, you know, with Mike Dudek coming back, be a weapon in this offense. And another season where he's been dinged by injuries and hasn't been able to play. I mean, just how much has that changed based on the things you wanted to do or just, just to not have him on what's that been like? Well, I think the injuries change things, but Mikey, you know, I think that um, doctors would say that your first year off of back-to-back injuries like that, that first year, your body's going to go through some things because your first time back out there in full action. And Mikey made it a long time, and his body started to wear down, um, you know, but I think that um, his, his
his, his knees are healthy. So he's going to be able to go into the offseason, and I think next year he'll have a huge season because, I mean, again, I just think that the doctors would say that your body's going to struggle that first year that you're out there full-time playing. Is that maybe similar, too, for the, the first-year players also because their bodies haven't been through all this yet? And I think that's, that's the excuse cause, that they would use. I think <laughs> they would use that excuse a lot. I, um, I've kind of got over giving them excuses, um, but it's reality. They haven't been through what they're going through, um, not only on the field, but off the field as a student also. Just a lot going on for them. For your, for your young offensive linemen, is the challenge this season more physical or mental for them? Mental. Um, they're big and strong enough and competitive enough. It's just a lot of you know, line games and movements and situational things that you know, understand this third and longest passing situation, they're going to move the front and send a line game at you. Um, experience on, you know, reading the intentions of a defender, meaning can you tell by his stance he's going inside, which means the outside guy's coming also. Just having awareness of all of those type things. Um, so it's definitely mental. They're, they're, those guys are big and physical like we're going to continue to recruit. Um, but it's just mental game right Do you now. see the, the recognition improving for them? A little. A little bit. You know, each week it's a different defense for them. Yeah, right. You know, and it's a different challenges, but a little. It's a it's a slow it's it's a slow process. Yeah. What are the challenges in Columbus? Is, it, is this a new place for you? Have you been there before? Yeah, I've been there a few times. Tough, difficult. Is playing a football game <laughs> yeah. in the horseshoe a difficult thing? Sure. <laughs> Simple question. Come on, man. You've been around a long time. <laughs> I think that there's a lot more people um, than me that would say it's that's one of the historic places to play ball. Um, the history and the tradition, it's it's the horseshoe, man. It's, you know that. I know. Do you have to do anything different in terms of play call line area, how you get the signals in and all that stuff? Nah. No. Nah, you don't have to do that. Um, you try to keep it, you know, so it's consistent for the kids. From an environment standpoint, just with your quarterbacks, and it's obviously going to be loud, clearly. I mean, just from an environment standpoint, I'm trying to keep your quarterbacks in mind straight because I haven't played in front of 100,000 yet this season. Uh, well, there's going to be 11 guys out there in red uniforms. And if you can, you know, maintain focus on that, um, you know, it, now that's hard. That's easy for me to say. Um, but that's a hard thing to do. But that's what you have to do. You have to focus on and look at and concentrate on the things that you're supposed to be looking at and concentrating on um, and communicate at a high level. You got to, I mean, to win on the road in any stadium, you got to really communicate really well. And that, that's the challenge of playing on the road. That defense is coming off a dominant performance against Michigan State. Uh, surprising score surprised a lot of people, I think, with the way that game went. Um, anything that uh, surprised you and, and, and their defensive effort, the Buckeyes, against Michigan State on Saturday? No, I think that um, I think they're a top four type pro team. You know, I, I think they had a bad night in Iowa City. Um, they got beat by Oklahoma. That's one of those teams also. Um, but they're a top four team. What really impressed me the most is studying that Penn State game. And when that game was on the line, late five minutes left in the game, they were playing like they were desperate. And they were. That that's probably if you ask their coach. Of course, I don't know, but. That's probably the best effort that they've seen um, from those defensive players with about five minutes when the pressure was on and everything was on the line. They raised their level of play. And that's what everybody's searching for to get your kids. It starts with leadership, 
um, and just a group effort of we got to get it done here. And you can tell that sense of urgency in studying the film. Coach, I guess, you know, given the absence of Dudek and Turner, how have guys like, you know, Reams and Davis kind of responded to that bigger, bigger They've role? done a good job. I'm really happy to have those guys. They've stepped in a different role for us. Um, I was just saying, I, you know, with Trey Nard being a quarterback some last year, I got to have him in my meeting room, so I really got to know him and know his parents and, you know, know what's really inside of him and how he thinks. And I like Trey Nard a lot. He's an ex-quarterback, comes from a very good high school program with great coaches and, you know, um, really good chemistry and culture in the uh, high school facility. So I like Trey Nard a lot. He's going good. I guess what was it like then to see um, you know, Reams you know, scrap in there and fight his way to get that you know, first touchdown? We've been waiting on Caleb to have a breakout. Caleb's a good player, um, but you could tell that you know he, he he was big. He caught the ball out there, broke a tackle, and got it in the end zone for us. So it's good to see Caleb have some success because he's a really good young player for us. Playing so many young, inexperienced guys, can a slump like this losing eight straight can it impact their development? No, um, because they're so young, they 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 don't really know. You know, they're, they're kind of, um, they're, they're confident um, in their abilities. They just have to start thinking more about execution and being more consistent. But uh, it's not going to stunt their development. They're going to develop just fine. Any update on Cam? How's he feeling? And we, I wasn't Could here. you tell him my answer to that, please? <laughs> I wasn't here. Levy addressed the question. So, just, so don't try to trick the coordinator by asking it another way. <laughs> I believe that's, that's the correct answer. way to say that. That was my answer. All right. All right. Um, so, but Jeff threw two interceptions, but he still struggled there late. So what, yeah. what do you need to see from to uh, Just a game? finish. We've got we to finish. Um, you know, give us a chance by, um, you know, getting the ball to our guys. Uh, he got hit. He had a tough game um, because he took some, some shots out there. But uh, I think he did okay. Yeah, uh, going back to the young team again, going into the horseshoe, um, is it? How do they avoid this whole hype of playing in, in the horseshoe? Uh, well, you don't try to hide from it or avoid it. It is what it is. You know, you're going into one of the top facilities in college football. Um, you should see it as a, you know, not many people get to go and play in front of a hundred thousand people. There's a lot of people on every high school team that would love this opportunity. And only a select few get the opportunity. So if you see it like that, that you, you get the opportunity to instead of you have to, uh, I think that mindset works for you. Okay.